Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode. In fact, we've got a great series because, as you know, this year I'm not interviewing a lot of guests. This is more of a solo podcast, but I have uh, invited some special guests on this year, and I have one today. And in fact, Peter is going to be joining me for today's episode and then the two episode following because this month, August, is a very special month and we're going to get into that. But my guest today is Peter Vonasak. Did I get that right, Peter? You, you were just teaching me how to pronounce your last name. Perfect. It sounds like you've been saying it all your life. <laughs> and it's a great spelling. And moving forward, listeners, it's V-E-U-N-N-A-S-A-C-K. Uh, so Vonasak, it's a great name. Peter, I want to introduce you to Moving Forward listeners, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, two things that we're both very passionate about, the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, but let's start with a little bit about you. So tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, uh, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about your family life and what you do. Sure. Um, I'm second generation um, Asian American. Um, my background is Laotian. So oh, my wow. family comes from Laos. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as I understand it, when my grandfather came here uh, to the U.S., he actually changed our last name. So we just kind of discussed, you know, the way it's pronounced, Vonasak. Uh, other family members in different parts of the country actually have different spellings really? of Vonasak. Yeah. One of which actually has an H after the S. So they are Vonasak, uh, which is very interesting. So I don't know the story behind that, like did my grandfather and some other family members come around the same time and decided on a, you know, they went over the spelling kind of thing because mm -hmm. I have a cousin whose middle name is Vonasak, but he is missing the C in his last name. So it's S-A-K. So it's very interesting. And, and <laughs> I was told that it was to kind of, yeah. So uh, my, my father, I believe it was, uh, told me that he, you know, my grandfather was escaping communists. You know, mm -hmm. and so they came to the U.S., changed our last name. So um, so I'm the third generation to have the last name. But anybody that has a, a variation of the spelling is probably related to me. It's, it's a very unique name, uh, clearly. No, it's a great name. I, I love it. And I enjoyed getting the uh, tutorial from you because I've seen it so many times on social media. And, and just to let our listeners know, that's how you and I connected. And, and I'm going to share that story either on this episode or on the next episode because it, it really is amazing how we've connected and how we've been able to engage on something that we're both very passionate about. So, Peter, so where did you grow up? Um, I was originally born in Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, wow. Uh, my yeah, my parents actually divorced when I was about five or six uh, because mm -hmm. I have spent the next three decades growing up in Portland, Oregon. Okay. So I still have my mom's side of the family down in Texas. Uh, my dad has family all over the country um, again. Uh, but yeah, I've spent most of my um, my life here in Portland, and I've been hmm, I've been I'd say I've been all around Portland. It's it's kind of like the little sister to Seattle, really. Yeah. So we yeah. are kind of small, but to us, we're big. But all the, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the Asians know each other, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I have uh, three siblings that live here. And if I don't know an Asian American, they probably know one of my siblings. So uh -huh. um, yeah, we're kind of out. A, is there a big uh, Laotian community in Portland? Um, I, I think 
not in comparison to like the Vietnamese, I feel. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the maybe I don't feel that way because I feel like I know most of them mm-hmm. uh, growing up in the community. But we have a, um, a pretty good Asian um, presence, I feel, in, yeah. in, in Portland. No, that's great. And it's it's great that you have that sense of community. I think it's especially important in these days. I mean, we're in very trying times and, you know, uh, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. But uh, Peter, I am so fascinated by you. You have uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You served in the military. Is that right? That's correct. I spent 10 years in the army. Wow. And uh, what inspired you to join the army? Was this right out of high school or what? When did you join the army? Yeah, it, it was uh, right out of high school. I enlisted during senior year, and um, you have two different options. You can go while you're still in school. Well, not in school, but uh, let's say you were a junior, but of age. You couldn't enlist, but you could only go to basic training. You would have to come back, finish off high school, and then go to advanced training afterwards. You, so it's a split operation is what they call it. Uh, so I went to both basic and advanced training after because I went after my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I enlisted is because uh, both of my grandfathers actually served in the military in Laos. And oh, wow. my father at the age, well, I don't know what age he started, but he has his picture of him at 14 as a cadet, uh, cadet lieutenant. I, I don't know. I think their ranks are all weird. But anyway, uh, he was 14 years old in a military uniform that he hung very proudly at home. And it's nothing that he ever pressured me into enlisting. He, but he would bring it up. Oh, your grandfathers were both military, and um, as I understand it, my mom's side of the family—they come from—they uh, are pretty known back in the old country too. Because I, I believe my grandfather's brother was a general. Uh, my grandfather was uh, pretty high-ranking in the military police. Uh, but I also had a, I fathered a son at a very young age. Um, Mm -hmm. my son was born the end of junior year and, uh, growing up, my dad always talked about, you know, the family name and saving face and things like this. And so to have a child at such a young age, my dad was very, I don't want to say ashamed, but he was disappointed. Mm-hmm. And we kind of had a bit of falling out pretty early on, even before the birth of my son. And when my son was born, I didn't have my dad around. I was trying to do it on my own. And I felt that I really needed someone to help me out. And I felt the only way to get his attention was to enlist. So I enlisted into the Army, and he couldn't have been more proud. That's While great. I was... While I was in basic training, he sent me a letter, um, a pretty lengthy letter, and it was the first he's ever written to me. And he talked about how I brought much honor to the family name and, and how much he loved me. And I had never heard these words come come wow. from my father before. So I'm sitting there at my bunk crying. Hmm. You know, guys are like, oh, no, did you get a Dear John letter? Oh. <laughs> you know, oh. I'm like, no, no. And, and I explained no, you got a Dear Peter, Peter letter, but it was a different kind of Dear yeah. Peter letter. So oh, that's, that's right. Fantastic. That's right. No. I, so where were, you, where were you stationed, Peter? Um, well, I went to basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia, mm-hmm. um, and we explored Atlanta a little bit uh, very briefly after that because my dad came to my graduation and we had a day pass and they actually, they actually said not to go past like this uh, a, a certain 
um, a boundary, but we went to Atlanta anyway. Um, mm-hmm. my, my dad took us to the mall, and and while I was in basic training, nine eleven happened. Mm. Wow! So uh, some friends and I, we were you know walking around the mall in full uniform, and people are you know w- walking by us and thanking us for our service, and people saluting us, and um, it was it was quite interesting actually. Um, but I have also uh, spent some time in Fort Lewis, Washington. I uh, spent some time in Fort Riley, uh, Kansas, and I did a tour in Afghanistan as well. Uh, and also the Hurricane Katrina effort. I, I helped out with that. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I, I also want to thank you for your service, Peter. That is an incredible story, and especially about the way it, it helped you bond and reconnect with your father. Uh, Peter, so what do you do today? I, I think you have such an interesting career path having served in the military. I'd love for you to share kind of what your day job is. Oh, sure. Uh, I'm a mail carrier, so I work for the post office. And, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned how I served in Afghanistan. After I came back, my who are now my in-laws, you know, at, at the time they were just my girlfriend's parents. They're like, well, you're you're a veteran. You you should go apply at the post office. They hire plenty of veterans. And I was like, you know what? All right. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to go apply. I got the job, and I have been delivering mail for 13 plus years now. Oh, so awesome. I really I, enjoy what I do. And that's a lot of work, especially now in this pandemic. I mean, just I just want to thank you for what you're doing every day. I mean, you are out there. And it's 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 a lot of risk. So I, I just want to say thank you for your service. Oh, sure. You know, I went from serving the country to serving the community. You yeah. know, I I really do love um, love what I do. I, I enjoy my job. Um, there there's you feel like family sometimes to the people you deliver to because you see them almost on a daily basis. Uh, I remember one instance, a newlywed moved onto the route, you know, and then uh, eventually the wife got pregnant and they had the baby and I got to see the baby grow up a little wow. bit. So it, it's really amazing. And people, you know, if you're good to them, they tip you well during Christmas, you know, yeah. and that that is a thing. People kind of I, I think. It's, it's a bit of a, a lost art kind of thing, like tipping your mail carrier, because nowadays you have uh, living communities where you have the community boxes, so you don't really see your person anymore. But um, yeah, I, I I really took that mantra, be all you can be, and applied it with the post office too. So not only do I deliver mail, I also uh, train the, the, the incoming carriers, you know, the, oh, the new fantastic. people. Yeah, and if they need me, I'm also a vacation relief uh, as an instructor at the plant as well. So I have uh, instructed classes. Um, the reason I wanted to be that is because I enjoy what I do so much, and I don't know if it's because I felt that some people just weren't trained correctly. Sometimes people were just out of touch with uh, some of the changes that we have all the time in terms of uh, operations or what have you i just wanted to be the first person that somebody comes in and meets because i feel like i'm a people person and i wanted to instill the confidence in them that i saw lacking in some new people that would sometimes quit within their 90-day probation and um you know i feel that this job we need good carriers you know, my father-in-law, that our job, we don't have like a promotion type deal where, you know, you work, uh, you know, you're just an outstanding carrier and they promote you to management. It doesn't work that way. I can have one week in the post office and, you know, take a, uh, a pro, um, in, 
enlist into a like a supervising program and become a supervisor. And and I don't want to do that. I want to pay my dues if that's the route that I ultimately want to take. But my father-in-law brings it up often. He's like, why don't you become a supervisor? You know, you don't have to work as hard. You know, you have the kids and blah, blah, blah. And I go, we need good carriers. You yeah. know, we have plenty of supervisors who don't do anything. And that's the last thing I want anyone to think of me is that, oh, Peter's a supervisor who doesn't do anything. You know, because uh, uh, I shade uh, some of the supervisors and managers all the time. But it, it's all it's all love, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Peter, as someone who has faced a lot of different challenges, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you face today? Uh, well, today, um, not to get into too much because I feel it might come up in the next episode, but uh, due to the nature of my job and living with my in-laws, who also both work for the post office, uh, there's a lot of um, – we, we – we are at risk, you know, not only because of the age, ages of my in-laws, but just because of what we're doing. My father-in-law and I, and I are both mail carriers, so we go to hundreds of deliveries every single day, touching mailboxes, touching doors, gates, um, you know, things like this. And uh, my mother-in-law works at the plant where there have been confirmed cases, mm. and so my family and I, we're we're distancing. And my sister-in-law, luckily, only lives about ten minutes away. So about we're going on almost four months now. My my wife and the kids they went to go move in with my sister in law because she works from home. My wife works works from home. So we just thought it made the most sense and it's the safest for not only her parents but for the kids as well. So my challenge is just getting through the day yeah. because yeah. everybody is staying home, saving lives. So they are ordering all types of things. I have delivered. You know the uh, what appears to be a pen, a a saw or something, because some of these things are heavy. Like I don't I don't yeah. know what people are ordering because we have a weight limit because we are one person who's delivering to like hundreds of homes. We're yeah. going door to door, and we're not only delivering the mail. Now we have triple the volume of packages, wow. all shapes and sizes. It, it's worse than Christmas, and this is every single day now ever since March. Oh my god! You know so. My challenge is coming home or after work, visiting the family for 10, 15 minutes, coming home and just getting through the day and, you know, wash, rinse, repeat for the next. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to close with this question, and I'm excited about our next conversation because uh, you've already hinted at it. But as someone who is facing a challenge every day, what is your advice for our listeners to get through their day? Take baby steps. You know, don't don't try to be too ambitious. You know, don't. Don't just sit there and wallow, um, you know, on oh, what, what what's going on. You got to fill your time with something. Find a hobby. Find a TV show. Revisit some old movies you haven't seen. Go through that Netflix queue that everybody has, right? We all have that queue uh, with uh, probably hundreds of movies that you want to get to. Get through those. Yeah. And you know? speaking of, that's the perfect segue because we're going to talk <laughs> about that next week on our next conversation. But you can check out the notes for today's conversation at bemovingforward.com. I am speaking today with Peter Vonasak. Thank you so much, Peter, for joining us. Thank you, John. It was a pleasure to be here. Oh, pleasure having you.